Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post-20 Podcast NFL Show. You're now listening to the Week 17 Recap, Week 18 Preview. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Uh, obviously not the greatest end to our football week this week, but I'm excited looking forward. Um, and we got playoffs coming up in two weeks. And um, for those that um, are obviously here for the sports betting, there's a lot of player incentives this week um, yep. that I'm sure we'll discuss that uh, make exciting bets. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and as Jeremy <clears throat> just briefly mentioned, not a not a great end to, to the week. Uh, week 17. Of course, ending with a postponed game following um, the situation with the Bills' safety, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, 24-year-old Pitt grad uh, collapsed after a really pretty innocuous-looking hit. Um, got right up after after T. Higgins, uh, after tackling T. Higgins, and then collapsed right on his back. Game uh, suspended, then abandoned. A extremely tough scene to watch. Um, I, I mean, in all of the years that we've both been watching, I know we've seen some some really crazy hits, some really, uh, you know, frightening stuff. Donald Parham that comes to mind from last year. Tua this year. Uh, Brandon Cooks seventeen concussions. Like, there's there's we've seen a lot of really really scary hits, but. You know, you always get to see the uh, the thumbs up for the most part, or you at least hear they're moving their their arms and legs, and it does kind of put it into perspective when you're thinking like, oh, they're moving their arms and legs, it's fine, let's move on to the next play. It's probably not how any of us should think about this stuff. Uh, they, you know, the the guys that suit up every week. For the most part, this is all they've wanted to do their entire lives, and they know that there are certainly risks involved. But uh, you don't you don't want to see this. You you really don't. It's <clears throat> it's it's truly tough to watch, especially um, when it's somebody that's so young. I'm 24 years old. You know, it, it would have never been me out on that field, but for a, a 24 year old kid to be fighting for his life, um, just doing what he has always wanted to do is is very tough. It's tough to watch, no doubt about it. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you. I don't know if you have anything to add, um, but we'll we'll cover this before we move into the games. Yeah, nothing really to add. Um, I think you said it well. Obviously a terrible thing to witness, um, especially with it being, you know, minimal contact. Um, that was a tough scene to watch. Um, I'm just happy that the game did eventually get postponed and they didn't try to make them continue. Yeah, it's uh, it was a bit of a surprise, honestly. The NFL, as we know, is uh, it's like a war machine, pretty much. It's like the U.S. military-industrial complex. Um, you never really think like anything is enough to stop the game. And I was, I was really glad that they did stop the game. Um, there's no word on on when this game will be continued, if it will be continued, or if it will be uh, abandoned. Perhaps both of these teams will be ascribed uh, a tie. Uh, I've run through some of the scenarios. I, I I had a dentist appointment yesterday, and the lady was like, um, "Oh, were you watching the game last night?" And I was like, "Yeah, I you know I I do a show um, and I do you know other production work." It it was imperative that I watched, and she was asking me questions while she's sticking fucking sharp tools in my mouth. Uh, I'm trying to answer, and I can't answer. And I, you know, I, I at the end I was like, "There's there's really no precedent for this. There's there's no uh, sort of protocol. There's really nobody has any idea uh, how they're going to work this out because playoff seeding this this game mattered. It it really did." Um, now what matters is obviously the condition of Damar Hamlin, but there's certainly, um, some work that the NFL is going to have to do to, to sort this out. And as bleak as it may sound, I am very curious to see, uh, how they, how they work this one out, how they, they get away from it. Because we all know, no matter what happens on the field, the NFL still somehow, manages to divert our attention no matter how cognizant of the situation we are. 
Uh, okay, let's move on uh, after the monologue. <clears throat> the first game of the week, um, we had the... Let's see, where, where are we? Uh, Cowboys-Titans. So the Titans now 7-9, and nine, the Cowboys 12-4. and four. Final score here, 27-13. to 13. For Dak, he had 282, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, run game, not really strong here for the Cowboys. Zeke had 37 yards and a touchdown. Malik Davis had 39 yards. Uh, CD had a great game. He had 11 catches for 100 yards. Dalton Schultz, another really good performance from him. 56 yards and two scores. Uh, Nishan Wright had an interception for the Cowboys' defense. But it really just came down to the fact that the Titans were starting a backup QB. Josh Dobbs didn't look terrible. Uh, he did have 232 and a touchdown, but he also threw an interception, which I think everybody pretty much expected. Uh, Hassan Haskins slotting in there for the absent Derrick Henry. 40 yards on 12 carries for Haskins. Traylon Burks, decent game, 66 yards on four catches after a very quiet first quarter. Robert Woods had 39 yards uh, receiving <clears throat> on five catches and a score as well. Kevin Byard with two interceptions. Dak just always going to throw two picks uh, pretty much every game. So I don't know what you thought about this one, but I think uh, everybody kind of expected the uh, Cowboys to, to win this game pretty easily. I agree. Um, there's no reason they should have lost it. Obviously, they were never in danger of losing. Um, but I do think it is crucial that we continue, which you already brought up, to continue the dialogue about Dak's turnovers. Um, the first one was not his fault. The first one hit some random guy I've never heard of right in the hands. Um, the second one was an absolutely terrible ball. Um, and you're playing a beaten-up, bruised, dwindled team. And kind of just even letting him hang around a little bit is not a good look heading into the end of the year here. Um, so he's going to have to limit those um, moving into playoffs. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I mean, at this point, Cowboys and the Eagles aren't uh, <laughs> aren't that far away from each other in terms of record. It's possible that these two teams finish with the same record. The one seed is technically still up for grabs at this point. Uh, the Eagles, of course, are thirteen and three. The Cowboys twelve and four. If the Eagles lose this week against a streaking Giants team, and the Cowboys win, uh, it's it's not going to be good. It's really not. So <clears throat> we'll have to see how all that pans out. But keep your eye on it. Uh, move up to Cardinals Falcons. Cardinals nineteen. Falcons twenty. Falcons now six and ten. Cardinals four and twelve. Uh, David Blau starting QB for the Cardinals in this one, just because they're so banged up. Uh, James Conner ran the show for the most part, 16 carries for 79 yards. Trey McBride, uh, backup tight end here, 78 yards and a score. Uh, Marquise Brown had 61. No DeAndre Hopkins in this one. He was injured, but at this point, I think it's it's best for everybody to just kind of get shut down, you know, the good players for the Cardinals because this was a really disappointing season. Uh, for Ritter, a game management performance, 169, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. They got Algier going pretty early. He had 20 carries, 83 yards and a score. CPAT had nine carries, 42 yards and a score. And then on the receiving end, we had Michael Pruitt with 49 yards, Drake London with 47. So I think the big takeaway from this one um, is Algier. I mean, he's he's probably going to be their feature back next year. Uh, Cordero Patterson is aging. He was great at the beginning of the season, but after that knee injury, it's it's been tough. He hasn't really got back to what he he was doing at the beginning. And I think Algier is a really, really talented running back. Uh, he's very young. Obviously, this is his first year in the league. Uh, he's been impressive for the Falcons so far. And I think next year, um, with Ritter being in his sophomore year and maybe having a little bit more experience, that the Falcons, you know, I don't think their offense is going to look awful. Drake London's a great player. Um Demir Bird has had a lot of really, really impressive catches and decent performances this year, and then you add Algier in there, and I think this team uh, could do some damage in the next five years or so just because of um, how how aging the Bucks are and stuff like that. It's it's something to keep your eye on. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Not a lot to say about the Cardinals, but from the Falcons' side, um, it is good to see, you know, Ritter's not turning the ball over. Yeah, he's kind of playing game manager, um, but that's kind of what you got to do when you first step into the role. And then Algier obviously looks good. Um, he's going to be the future back, like you said, next year. I could see him, just because of the way the Falcons run the ball, being a potential top 12 running back next season. Yeah. And then... They'll get Pitts back, obviously. They'll have Drake London. Um, it would have been nice, obviously, to have Calvin Ridley coming back. Um, but he's now, what, a Jaguar, I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if they can still add a couple more pieces here in this upcoming draft, I think next year they'll be a fun team. Yeah, and we do. I totally forgot about Pitts, to be honest with you. Um, we have to see how, how Pitts looks with Ritter. He might look great. I would imagine he'll, he'll look better with... Ritter than he did with Mariota just because I think Mariota's got kind of a floppy arm at this point in his career and Ritter does throw really tight passes like he hits the window I I like him I think that he's gonna be a decent quarterback he's probably gonna wind up being one of those middle of the pack guys you know not not anything crazy maybe a ceiling of Daniel Jones that's not great he's not really a runner but in terms of passing I think that's probably where I would put him um and that's that could be fine, you know. That could be plenty for the Falcons, and and we'll just have to see uh, what happens moving forward. Let's move on to Dolphins Pats. This one was a weird one. Dolphins twenty one, Pats twenty three. Uh, Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater both with a touchdown and an interception. Uh, interception each. Spready Bridgewater covers the spread though. Uh, Jeff Wilson fifteen carries for forty five yards. Tyree Kill had a rushing TD. Uh, Mostert had 62 yards receiving in a score. Tyreek had 55. Waddle had 52. And then Mike Kosicki found the end zone as well. For the Pats, Mac Jones, 203 and two TDs. Ramondre Stevenson with 42 yards rushing. Uh, Tyquan <clears throat> Thornton, 60 yards receiving on three catches in a score. Jacoby Myers, 48 on six in a score. Two interceptions, one from Kyle Duggar, one from Jonathan Jones here for the Pats. A really hard-fought game. Pats still in the playoff picture. Dolphins still in the playoff picture as well. Uh, I believe the Dolphins have lost like five or six games in a row at this point. So I don't know what you think about the Dolphins, but with this Tua issue... Uh, the, the concussions, I kind of do worry about them because it might be time for them to look at even maybe drafting a QB this year. Yeah. Um, I think they lose this week and miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're kind of in this tough spot where they, they have good players. They had a good record and then it all kind of fell apart. And like you said, with, I mean, their franchise quarterback getting three concussions this year and having to sit out the last couple games, uh, they might have to look elsewhere. Because if I was Tua, I would be strongly reconsidering my future in the NFL. I mean, you got, you've already made a, a bunch of money. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of opportunities elsewhere in terms of analysts, coaching, you know, anything. Um, and I'm not sure it's necessarily worth the health um, to risk reward down the line here for Tua. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. I think Tua is probably cerebral enough to do a really good job as an analyst. And sometimes when guys, you know, either they retire early or something happens and they they can't play, um, it's a really good opportunity for you to get into an, an analyst position and provide insight that the older players or players that aren't necessarily as plugged in as you, or ex-players that is, um, it, it really does provide a, a different sort of insight. So I, I would like to see that. I don't, we all, we both know he's not going to hang it up. Uh, it's just not what's going to happen. That's not how these guys are. Um, but it's it's always an option, and I hope I do hope for for the sake of Tua's fucking life and brain that he considers that. Uh, okay, let's move on. Saints twenty, Eagles ten. The Jalen Hurtsless Eagles continue to disappoint. Now two losses on the bounce. Gardner Minshew two seventy four TD and interception. I believe he only had like seven yards uh, up until the last play excuse me, of the first half. So a really, really 
uninspiring performance from Gardner. Uh, rushing, we had Miles Sanders, 61 yards on 12 carries. Devontae Smith had another really good game. He had 115 on nine catches. Uh, A.J. Brown had 97 on four and a score. And then we had a pick from Josiah Scott, but just wasn't enough for the Eagles to get it done here. Andy Dalton, uh, 204, no TDs and an interception. Kamara had a better day, 74 yards on 16 rushes. Uh, Taysom Hill, 46 on 14 rushes and a score. And then we had Marshawn Lattimore uh, <clears throat> with an interception at the end. That was a pick six. So really, really tough day for the Eagles. They just can't get the offense going without Hurts. I mean, last week it was better with Minshew for sure than it was this week. Uh, but the Saints, like, they're always here. They're always playing spoiler. And, and they did it again here. They're 7-9. and nine. The Eagles dropped 13-3. and three. Yeah, um, I don't know how the Saints keep doing this. <laughs> um, we count them out, and then they win these terrible football games. Um, but like you said, this is concerning uh, for the NFC East. Like you said, the Cowboys and Eagles, what are, are they both 13-3 and three or the Cowboys 12-4? No, Cowboys are 12-4, and four, but it, I think it's totally possible that the Eagles drop another game this week. Yeah, um, Especially with, uh, I don't know, is Hurts playing? I don't know if they've made an official. They're, tr- they're yeah. saying he is, but they were also saying that last week too, and then he got ruled out. So I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I do think there's a little more on the line this week. They were kind of yeah. hoping that uh, they could roll over the Saints, so maybe they thought maybe they could rest them a little bit. Um, but I think they'll win this week, um, and I think they'll reclaim that one spot. But I don't. I'm not necessarily as high on them as I was, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, you know, having momentum in the playoffs is a huge thing. Um, and they're just kind of going the wrong way. But I think if they can turn around with a good win this week, um, you know, recoup during the bye, um, I think they'll be fine. But I'm still worried about, you know, when someone like the uh, Niners potentially comes to town. Yeah, certainly true. Okay, let's move on. Colts 10, Giants 38. Uh, Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles sharing the duty here. Nick Foles literally got killed by uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Ellinger was. In for the rest, he had 60 on a TD. Foles had 81 and a pick. Zach Moss, 74 yards rushing on 15 carries. Uh, Paris Campbell, 52 yards receiving on three catches. Pittman, 41 and a score. Uh, but really not much going on for the Colts in this one. They got absolutely blown out of the water. Jones, 177 and two scores. Uh, he also had 91 yards rushing in two scores. Uh, <clears throat> so four total touchdowns that Daniel Jones was involved in. Uh, Matt Breida, 59 yards rushing. Saquon Barkley, 58. Richie James, another good week for him. And Isaiah Hodgins. James had 76 yards receiving on seven catches and a score. And Isaiah Hodgins, who I think has scored five weeks in a row now, 42 yards receiving on four catches and a score as well. So really, really good performance from the Giants. They're heating up at the right time. Uh, we sort of saw them fall apart in the middle of the season, but they are 9-6-1. and one. Colts 4-11-1. Obviously, they're out of playoff contention. And I think the Giants are absolutely getting sharp at the right time. They they do look good. I still don't think Daniel Jones is great. But if you put a gun to my head, I, you know, I would say there's a chance that this Giants team can this Giants team can make a run. For sure. I mean, they're well coached. That's something we've said yep. all year. Um, they don't make a lot of mistakes, which was something they did in the past. And they play tough football now. I mean, Danny Dines, 175 yards, two touchdowns, 100 yards on the ground, two more touchdowns, um, no turnovers. I'd like to see Saquon um, get back to form a little bit. Uh, it has seemed that he's been missing that. But I'm sure, um, you know, if, if and when they make the playoffs here, um, once the um, – you know, once it's prime time, once the lights are on him, I'm sure he'll find a way to perform. Um, so, yeah, they're a fun team here uh, coming up, and I'm excited to see how they play this week and then uh, how they play moving forward in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge test. The Eagles are a huge, huge test. Even with the injuries that they're dealing with, they're still a very good team, deep on both sides of the ball. So it it should be a really good match. Uh, okay, <clears throat> Panthers 24, Bucks 30. Uh, an inspired performance from Tom Brady here. Bucks now eight and eight. They clinched Panthers six and ten. Uh, Brady four thirty two, three touchdowns. Fournette 
and Rashad White didn't get anything going here, but Brady had a rushing TD. Um, for Mike Evans, 207 and three touchdowns on 10 catches. Of course, dude, it took all year, but Mike Evans finally gets to his 1,000 yards, uh, adds three touchdowns to his previous three touchdowns this year, and just looks like old Mike Evans. Really crazy. Godwin also went over uh, 100. He had 120 on nine catches. Really, really good day for Brady uh, and the Bucks. And this is what happens, dude. This is what happens. It's the same thing that happened with Rodgers. Uh, guys like like Brady and Rodgers, people that are in the GOAT conversation, typically do find a way to win even when they're staring down the barrel of a gun. And that's absolutely what they did here. Uh, defense played not great uh, for the Bucks, but they were able to uh, to get out of this one alive. Darnold, pretty good day from him, 341 and three TDs. He threw a pick as well. Foreman had 35 yards rushing on 13 carries. DJ Moore had a great second half. He had 117 in a score. Shy Smith had 70 in a score. And then Tommy Tremble had 33 in a score. So... Really entertaining match here. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I wasn't expecting it, but it was a good game, and the Bucks actually scored some points for once. Yeah, I have two complaints with this game. First complaint is that this is what the Panthers do. Um, they didn't lose enough games to get us the very good draft pick. They won just enough to give you hope that we were somehow going to beat the Buccaneers and make the playoffs. And they go up fourteen zero, and then they lose. And Sam Darnold fumbles the ball in the fourth quarter, giving up three points, and we lose the football game. And then my second complaint is that I played Mike Evans in two fantasy football leagues. Of course you did. And he lost. He beat me in the championship. Um, I mean, technically not yet. I do still have Josh Allen to play, but I don't. That's probably going to be chalked up as a loss. And then in the other league, I did somehow beat him and Tom Brady on the same team. But regardless, all season he does nothing. Um, you and I both know that since yeah, we both had him. Both and, had then him. Now, and now he decides that he wants to be the best player alive. Yeah, it's crazy. I just, he looked so cooked all season long, Brady and Evans, honestly. And then they come out here and they link up for like, two, you know, 200 yards. Brady throws 200 yards worth of balls to Evans. He has 10 catches. It's crazy. He must have had, like, how many fantasy points did he have? 60? Had to be, it was probably uh, yeah. more than that. In, I know in standard PPR he had like 57, and then in my so league insane. he had 68. Yeah. And then Tom Brady had the audacity to make his post-game video and talk about fantasy football. Yeah, I know. It's it's just sickening scum. stuff. It's absolute scum. Really sickening stuff. Uh, but I guess, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, okay, let's move on. Broncos 24, Chiefs 27. Chiefs just skate by. Uh, don't cover, by the way. Of course they don't because they never do against teams like this. Uh, Mahomes, 328, three TDs and a pick. Isaiah Pacheco, 31 yards and a TD. Kadarius Toney, 71 yards total. Jarek McKinnon, 52 uh, and two TDs. We had Kelsey with 43 yards and then Blake Bell with a touchdown there at the end. Uh, Legereus Sneed had a pick for the Chiefs as well. Russ, 222, a touchdown and an interception. Latavius Murray, 56 yards on 12 rushes. Uh, Russell Wilson, 27 yards worth of rushing uh, and two TDs. So, very strange. I don't think anybody had Russell Wilson 2+, plus, but there you go. Uh, Albert O, because I don't, I don't believe in uh, even trying to pronounce his last name, uh, 45 yards and a TD. Portland Sutton, 44 yards. Uh, ugly, ugly, ugly outside of the Justin Simmons pick uh, there at the end. I just don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. Obviously, I don't think you can count them out or anything like that. This does happen. Um, They could take the one seed in the AFC, or I think they have it wrapped up at this point. Um, They're a good team, but they don't cover ever. So I I don't know. Like it's, It's really tough for me to pick them when we are going over our picks, but the Broncos stayed in this game somehow, and I, I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson looked surprisingly not terrible. Um, he still doesn't move the ball down the field very well in terms of like big plays. 
I mean, it's a problem when Jerry Judy has seven receptions and it only goes for 38 yards because um, he's kind of a big play machine. He's got the tools. He's got the speed. He's got the route running. Uh, and obviously that isn't translating with Russell Wilson at the helm. Um, he was running, uh, Russell Wilson, for some reason, uh, down there in the red zone. That was weird to watch. Um, but for the Chiefs, man, uh, Patrick Mahomes continues to sling it. Uh, he does have a chance to break the single-season record this year. Obviously, you know, the records are all kind of uh, messed up now, in my yeah. opinion, with the addition of the extra week. But he does still have that opportunity this week. Um, he is going to need a very large performance. I believe he needs 430 yards. But still, to come that close, um, you know, within 400 yards of Peyton Manning's record in the same amount of games, obviously he's slinging the ball. And probably the MVP front runner with uh, Jalen Hurts sitting out a couple games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they don't cover the spread. They do win. Um, but they're going to need somebody to come up big in the playoffs that's not Patrick Holmes and Travis Kelsey. They're going to need, you know, like maybe Tony. He'd had 70 yards this game. You know, maybe it's Jarek McKinnon. He's been scoring yeah. touchdowns. You know, they're going to need something like that to kind of spark them, I think, to make a run. That's absolutely right. Okay, let's move on. Jags, uh, 31, Texans, 3. Jags now 8-8, eight and eight, Texans now 2-13-1. and 13 and one. Uh, Lawrence, 152, no TDs, a pick. Uh, Etienne was awesome in this one. He had 108 in a score. Jamichael Hasty had 33 in a score. Jared Connor had 17 in a score. Um, Marvin Jones had 61 yards uh, receiving. Travis Etienne had 32. They're, they've struggled to get Christian Kirk uh, involved here towards the latter half of the season. I'm not sure what's going on, but... It's going to be weird, I think, next year when they add Ridley as well because they're going to have a lot of, like, they're just going to have a lot of targets to throw to. The Jags are going to be really good next year for sure, um, but it's going to be really weird. I don't, like, fantasy-wise, I know we don't always talk about fantasy, but it's going to be really tough to draft um Jags receivers because they have Zay Jones who can go nuclear. Same thing with Marvin Jones. They have Kirk. They have Ingram. And now they're going to have um, Calvin Ridley too. Like That seems like a nightmare to me. I'm, I don't want anything to do with that next year. Uh, let's move on to the Texans. 202 for Davis Mills. Davis Mills also 33 yards rushing. Nothing going on for the, uh, the rushing game over there in Houston. Against this Jags team, just a really bad performance from the Texans overall. Brandon Cooks and Jordan Akins both had 39 yards receiving, but nobody got into the end zone. Two picks, uh, one for Jalen Peter and one for Desmond King, but not really taking any points from it. So, I don't know. Texans have many more years of rebuilding, in my opinion. And the Jags, I think, are going to be a real contender next year. Uh, they've been heating up here down the stretch. A couple of uh, masterful performances from T-Law. Um, obviously, they were up so much this week that he didn't really have to do a ton. Um, he eventually got relieved by C.J. Bethard um, there in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, their offense has been rolling. Uh, ETN, like you said, you know, came to life, had a, had a really good game. And, I mean, they're going to... They're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they played the Titans this week. I have a tough time seeing the Titans beating them. Um, Josh Dobbs is quarterback again. And, I mean, that's just – that's not a recipe for success. Your only hope is Derrick Henry goes for 200 yards and three touchdowns if they're going to beat the Jags. Um, so the Jags are going to make playoffs here, um, which I think will be good for them. I don't think they'll do too much damage in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It will be good for them to see the playoffs and then next year have that to build on. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um. Okay, let's move on to the next game. We had 49ers Raiders. Absolute barn burner here. Went to OT. Raiders win 37 to 34. The Niners now 12 and 4. The Raiders now 6 and 10. Brock Purdy, 284, two TDs and a pick. Christian McCaffrey, 121 yards rushing and a score. Ayuk, 16 yards rushing. Jordan Mason, 13 yards rushing and a score. We had Brandon Ayuk. Uh, go over 100 on the receiving end. He had 101 in the score there. McCaffrey had 72 yards on six catches. George Kittle had 23 yards on four catches in a score. Really, really good day uh, by the Niners and their offense. The McCaffrey trade is definitely shaping up to be probably uh, the best trade of the year, maybe of the last five years. It's been absolutely insane. He has really, really... Um, elevated them it's it's just that simple 
Traveri- or uh, Tashawn Gibson with a pick, Drake Jackson with a pick for uh, the Niners defense. Jarrett Stidham, 365, three TDs and two picks. That's a great stat line, in my opinion, for a guy that doesn't play. I think the Raiders offense looked way better with Stidham than it does with Carr. It looked like they just absolutely um, unleashed everything. Devontae Adams with 153 and two touchdowns. Waller, 72 in a score. Jacobs had 69 in a score. Like, this team just looked so much better with Jarrett Stidham than they do with Derek Carr, which is insane to say, but it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's because there's nothing left to play for. The Raiders are out of contention, um, but I think the Carr experiment is over. I mean, I would imagine you agree, um, but I'd be curious to see, like, where do you think he fits in? Because... He's not going to retire, but. Yeah. So I do think the experiment is over. Um, and obviously, neither of us are fans of Derek Carr, um, especially having Devontae Adams in fantasy football and Josh Jacobs, for that matter. But um, in terms of his future, I don't know. He could be the next Colts quarterback. They like ending people's careers. Um if the commanders can't get someone good, I could see them giving him a shot because they do have a lot of weapons, although we saw that that's not necessarily a given for good production from him after this season. Um, I'm not sure. I know they're going to trade him. Um, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. I think they're going to hope to land Tom or Aaron, um, which will be interesting. I think Aaron's probably a better fit. Yeah. Um, the you know already having the report with Devontae, but there is murmurs of Tom going there, especially now that he has the freedom to do what he wants. Um, you know, being a single man. And then yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be interesting um for the Raiders here in the offseason. But for the Niners, um, you know, the team that actually matters still at this point. Um another good performance from Purdy. Um people are gonna see the scoreline and be like, Oh, well it wasn't a very, you know, they barely beat the Raiders, but I'm glad you alluded to it. I mean, that was a heck of a performance by Jared Stenham. Yeah. Um he played he he was one of the better quarterbacks to watch this week, in my opinion, um, in terms of talent um on the field. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Um, uh, but he looked very good. And it was nice to see um Brock Purdy, you know, face some adversity because he hadn't faced much adversity yet. Um, and have to put up these points and have to make the plays and, you know, have to keep them in the game. And that's what he did. So um, that was good for them. And I think they're obviously a very, very, very dangerous team coming down the stretch here um, into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Jets 6, Seahawks 23, Seahawks now 8-8, eight and eight, Jets 7-9. and nine. New York Jets officially eliminated from playoff contention. Mike White. 240, no TDs, two picks. Ty Johnson, 46 yards rushing. Is out of a night, 27. Tyler Conklin, lead receiver, 80 yards on six catches. Corey Davis had 45 on three, uh, but nothing else really going here. The only thing worth talking about is the fact that Sauce Gardner had DK Metcalf wrapped up absolutely uh, in this one, but doesn't matter because the Jets weren't able to score any points. Geno Smith, 183, two TDs. Kenneth Walker, 133, 23 carries, no TDs, shockingly. Um, DJ Dallas was your lead receiver, 55 yards on three catches. Noah Fant, 40 on two. Uh, Kobe Parkinson was able to get into the end zone. Tyler Mabry was also able to get into the end zone. So two uh, tight end scoring here for Gino and the Seahawks just really is a testament to how good uh, the Jets are in wide receiver coverage. But a really good win for the uh, Seahawks here. Jets are not a bad team, just really struggled to score points down the stretch uh, this season. And I think it just really comes down to all their, their QB controversy. Yeah, I mean, this is... I think we both kind of expected this from the Jets. I didn't think they were really a playoff team just due to their lack of firepower on offense. Obviously, they have a top five defense, I would say. I, I would be tough to name four better defenses, in my opinion. But it's an offensive league now. Um, statement, defense wins championships might have been true 10, 20 years ago, but that's not really the way it works anymore. I mean, look at the last Super Bowls. You need, you need some offense there. The last time we saw a defensive team there was the Niners, and ultimately they folded to the Chiefs. But 
I don't know. I think they have a good baseline. Um, obviously, their quarterback situation is not figured out, and maybe they can figure that out in the offseason if someone's willing to go there. But until they get that figured out, they're kind of going to be this middle-of-the-pack team, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. Yeah, and then the Seahawks also a middle-of-the-pack team, but they do have a chance to make playoffs this week. Um, they came out hot. They kind of faltered, um, and they're bouncing back here. So it's exciting to see what happens this week. They need to win, and then they need the Packers to lose. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, just a couple more games to get through here. We had Vikings Packers, an absolute rout by the Packers, forty-one to seventeen final score. Packers eight and eight, Vikings twelve and four. Kirk Cousins two hundred five, a TD, three picks. Uh, one of those was a pick six. Jalen Naylor was the lead receiver for the Vikings in this one. He had 89 in a score. K.J. Osborne, 59 in a score. And then Hawkinson added 59 yards on 70 catches as well. Uh, Thielen and Jefferson just absolutely put in prison by Jair Alexander. Really, really good performance from the um, <clears throat> Packers D here. Uh, for the Packers, Rodgers had 159 in the TD. Aaron Jones had a great game. He had 111 on 14 carries. A.J. Dillon had 41 in a score. Rodgers also had two yards rushing in a score. Alan Lazard, 59 yards receiving. Robert Tanyan, 52 in a score. And then we had Adrian Amos with a pick. Jonathan Ford with a pick. Darnell Savage with a pick. Uh, really just an inspiring performance from the Packers here coming down the stretch. Uh, Going to make the playoffs. Looks like maybe Pack- or the uh, the Packers can run the table here. It's it's very possible. Yeah, this is, this is getting exciting. Um, I didn't expect the game to look like this. Um, I did think the Packers had the opportunity to win um with the momentum they had going but i obviously didn't think that they were going to you know get a pick six get a defensive special teams touchdown and be up 14 points in a matter of seconds um but yeah i mean good win here um vikings obviously still very much at the um you know fighting for the top of the nfc and the packers have a big game this week um and knowing you Rodgers, i don't think they'll be losing it yeah for sure uh okay three more i think now at this point uh, Rams, or no, two actually. Rams, Chargers, Rams 10, Chargers 31. Um, despite the Rams striking first, the Chargers absolutely smashed them in the second quarter, 17 to 7 uh, in that quarter. Baker, 132. Uh, no TDs, no picks. Cam Akers, 123. Uh, rushing all, <clears throat> with nine, on 19 carries. Malcolm Brown had 23 and a score. Van Jefferson, 77 yards receiving on three catches. Bryson Hopkins, 21 on one. Really bad day uh, for the Rams offense. Bit of a return to form outside of Cam Akers, who's somehow revived his career. Uh, Justin Herbert, 212, two TDs. Austin Eckler, 122 on the ground on 10 carries and two scores. He's more of a pass catching back, and in this game he looked like Walter Payton, so I'm sure he was drug tested uh, after this one. We had Mike Williams, 94 yards on seven catches. Keenan Allen, 60 on five. Uh, Gerald Everett, 15 on three and a score, and then Donald Parham, uh, three yards on one catch and a touchdown as well. So very, very good performance from the 10 and six chargers here. Pretty much what you can expect from the five and 11 Rams. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield sucks. I'm glad that we can see that. Um, thought people might be fooled after, you know, they put up 50 points, 51 points, but the Rams suck. Um, Obviously, they have a lot of injuries, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, but they haven't been good for some time. And then the Chargers, man, they've been streaking. Uh, what were they? Six and six? Five and six? Yeah, maybe? they were five uh, and six, I think. Now at the ten and six, and they got some momentum going in the playoffs here. This should be exciting in the AFC. Yeah. Okay, Steelers-Ravens up next. Steelers 16, Ravens 13. Pretty quiet game outside of a really, really good performance from the Steelers in the fourth quarter. They win the game following a 10-point surge. Kenny Pickett, 168 in a TD. Najee Harris, 111 on the ground on 22 carries. Jalen Warren had 76 on 12. We had Pat Fryermuth with 36 yards and three catches, but a really big catch there at the end. Najee Harris also had a receiving touchdown in this game. Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick. 
Uh, and then for the Ravens, we had Huntley, 130, a TD, and an interception. J.K. Dobbins got going pretty early. He had 93 yards rushing on 17 carries. Mark Andrews went over 100 for the first time in what feels like 10 years. Uh, 100 yards receiving on nine catches. Then Isaiah Likely, 12 yards on three catches and a score. So I don't know what you took from this one. I just think this really all comes down to the fact that the Ravens uh, are very easy to game plan for when they don't have you know, they're all a famer rushing quarterback. Uh, and I just think like Steelers are probably not going to be bad for very long. I think maybe next year is one more year of like figuring it out. Um, and then they're probably going to be back to being a, an actual competitor. I really do think Pickett can grow as a quarterback and I'm not a huge fan of Tomlin, but uh, I do think that they, they can still be a decent team. Yeah, in terms of this specific game, it was really insanely boring to watch. Um, no offense on either side of the football. Um, I don't know what Lamar's deal is, why he still isn't playing. I mean, that's not going to be good come playoffs if they do decide, oh, now he's ready to play. But I don't know. Yeah, the Steelers could be good now, um, you know, moving forward in the next season. Najee seems to have gotten a little life back. Um, maybe, you know, find some holes he doesn't find in early in the season. Maybe they change some reads. I don't know, but he looks good. Uh, they obviously have some decent weapons in the receiving court. Always feels like their receivers are pretty boom or bust, but, um, I think the picket to Pickens connection will obviously grow over the off season. I think he'll probably be their guy next year. Yep. And that division will be fun next year. I mean, if Lamar sticks around, um, if, you know, the Steelers continue to grow, and then obviously the Bengals, um, and even the Browns, you know, you never know with them. So I think that'll be fun to watch next season. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's run into week 17 or week 18 here for our picks. Uh, we're not going to even attempt to go over uh, the – half a quarter we got um for <clears throat> Bengals Bills we'll just move on to our pick so let me pull up Bandle so we can get the lines here uh I will let you have the first game we have Lord, the Chiefs and the Raiders Kicking off Saturday at 4.31 p.m. Eastern. Chiefs opening up as a 9.5 point favorite, minus 405 on the money line. Over-under set at 52.5. Give me the over. Yeah. Um, Jared Stidham might look good again. Um, Patrick Mahomes loves playing at Las Vegas. Um, he needs a little over 400 yards for the record. I could see, you know... Him and Mr. Andy trying to get it, so I don't see why not. Yeah, give me the over at 52 and a half. Yeah, you can give me the over, too. I'm not going to overthink this one. Um, I think in that stadium, it just really lends itself to a shootout, and if if the Raiders are going to keep the top off the offense and just do what they did last week, I think they can absolutely score 25 points, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs themselves you know, scored 30 or so. So I'll take the over for sure. We have Titans-Jags up next. Titans currently six-and-a-half-point dogs in Duval. Uh, they're plus 220 on the money line, and the over-under is set at 39-and-a-half. Uh, honestly, kind of like the over here as well, but what I'm going to do instead is just take the Jags. The money's not too lopsided yet. I think the Jags win this game by a touchdown. Josh Dobbs just does not do it for me. Malik Willis does not do it for me. So I'll take the Jags uh, minus six-and-a-half. I agree. I think this is another game where you don't overthink it. Um, I like the Jags minus six and a half. Um, in the coming days, so this is a game where there's a lot of player incentives on the line. Um, I know people have made money on that in the past. Uh, Zay Jones has an incentive that he's close to. I think he needs like four receptions and 70 yards maybe. Uh -huh. uh, Chris, Christian Kirk has two incentives, a little tougher to reach, I think. The one, he'll need like 10 catches or something, which most likely won't happen. But he needs like 70-something yards as well. Um, and then Derrick Henry needs like 70 yards for some record. 
Um, so definitely something I would keep an eye on if that's something that interests you. Um, you know, come maybe tomorrow when they put the lines out because the uh, player prop lines aren't out quite yet. Yep. Um, okay. We have the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins up next. Jets currently a one-point favorite in Miami. They're minus 112 on the money line over under set at 38 and a half. Hmm. This is interesting. Two teams that haven't won a game in over a month. Yep. Um, two teams that can't put up points. One team has Mike Glennon at the helm, correct? <laughs> they're saying it's probably going to be Mike Glennon, yeah. God, this is a horrible football game. And more Skylar Thompson. I might be better off with Glennon. And then you're going to have Sauce on Tyreek. Yeah. So maybe it's the Jalen Waddle game? I don't know, dude. This game sucks. I think we're best off taking a touchdown score. Or the under, honestly. How did... Uh... How did Zonovan play last week? Yeah, you know, like shit. He didn't do anything. 27 yards rushing. Third in snaps. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter both more snaps. Than yep. Him. Wow. Um... Yeah, it's ugly. It's a bad one. <laughs> it is really bad. I looked at this game earlier today when I was on the treadmill, and I was like, I actually am not touching that. All the money's on the Dolphins, by the way. I think I'm going to take the under. I know it's low, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins put up seven points. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I'm going to go with the Jets. Um, I have no faith in the Jets whatsoever, but I think it's totally possible that the Jets win this game, play spoiler for the Dolphins who need a win uh, to get in. So, yeah, I'm going to take Jets minus one. Jeremy's going to take uh, under 38 and a half. This, this game just does not move me whatsoever. But whatever, we'll move on to the next one, a game that does move me. Browns versus the Steelers. Browns currently two-and-a-half-point dog against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Uh, Browns plus 130 on the money line, over-under set at 40-and-a-half. I am taking Steelers' money line. Win, and you're in. I think they're in. I'm going against you here. I'm going to take the villain to play spoiler. Okay. Give me the Browns' money line. Fair enough. Um, up next, we have Colts-Texans. Colts currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Indianapolis, minus 154 in the money line, over-under set at 38-and-a-half. This game stinks. Yeah, another... <laughs> this was a tie, right, earlier this week? Earlier Brilliant. this year? Yeah, this was the tie. Should we bet a tie? I know it's. I think it's it's there. And it's not like either team has a young player that's been making an impact to like take a player prop or something. Um, who's playing quarterback for the Colts? Do we know? Yeah, I think Ellinger. Oh goodness! <laughs> I know, man. It's it's. This week is going to either be really fun or really bad. There's no mediocre here. You know what? I'm going to... I'm just taking the under. I'm taking the under again. I wanted to go with the over, and then I was trying to think about scenarios in which that occurs, and I can't think of one. So I'm going with the under. You can give me Colts' money line. I think they win this game in some ridiculous fashion. Uh, it'll probably come down to like a really late one. I can actually see this game being 10-3. And come game day, I will be sprinkling under 20. So worth uh, worth considering, I think. All right, let's move on. Uh, Bucks, Falcons. Bucks currently four and a half point dogs against the Falcons. I suppose that is because um, they have already clinched. What I'm going to do is just take a Tyler Algier touchdown. It's been printing money for the past two weeks, three weeks at this point. His yards have also been printing money. So I'll just go with Algier. I'm sure they'll still let him get some burn in this game, even though they're eliminated. Play, um, he has been hot. But what I'm going to do, I think, um, I think Vegas may have gotten this wrong. I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks money line 
Um, Tom Brady already said he sees no reason to sit out week 18, especially with the way they've been playing all season. He thinks it's better to, you know, continue to play and, you know, get some momentum. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does play and maybe they go up, you know, 10, 14 points, um, and then he gets pulled in like the fourth. But I, at that point, I think the Falcons would kind of chalk it up too. So I'm going to take the Bucks money line. I think plus 176 is just too much to give when Tom Brady said he wants to play football. I totally agree. I think the only thing that's frightening is the fact that almost 90% of the bets are on the spread uh, and 80% of the money is on the spread. But I still think that the Bucks are definitely going to be competitive in this one. So, uh, Okay, let's move on. We have Panthers-Saints. I believe it's your pick. Panthers currently three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Saints in New Orleans. Panthers plus 160 on the money line over-under set at 41-and-a-half. Two teams with nothing to play for except for pure hatred for the other side. Hmm. 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 Don't even know, dude. These games suck. Um. Give me. You know what? I'm just gonna go out with the band. Give me the Panthers money line one more time. One more time to break my heart. Let's go, Panthers. All right. Uh, I am going to take Saints money line. Um. I'm not convinced, honestly, at all. I don't really want to take the Saints whatsoever. I don't like them at all. But when I feel strongly about something, typically the Saints are the thing to break my heart. So I like the Panthers in this game, meaning the Saints will probably win. Uh, Okay, Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears up next. Vikings currently 5.5 point favorites. Minus 240 on the money line. Over under set at 45.5. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this one. I think this is an easy one. I think the Bears can at least score 15 points, and I can totally see the Vikings just going nuclear in this one. I don't know who's playing, who's not playing. I don't care. I think with both of these defenses being as bad as they are, uh, this line is set way too low, so I'm going to take over 45 and a half. What I'm going to do... I'm going to take the Vikings minus five and a half. Um, the Bears, so the head coach said that um, he wants Fields to play, but he said that Fields will have a discussion with, um, I believe it's the GM, to see what's in the best interest of the team moving forward. And I think it would be worth it to get in the Vikings bet now um, yeah. because if he doesn't play, obviously it's going to go to like minus 13 and a half or something. Um, but even if he does play, I think the Vikings have a good chance to cover that spread. Um, and then in terms of player props, look out for Jay Fields needs 64 rushing yards to break Lamar Jackson's all-time uh, single-season rushing record. Um, his wow. line's typically at like 70 anyways, which might put you in like an interesting spot. Say they let him play to get the record and then bench him. That would be awfully inconvenient if they bench him like just below the uh, line for the game. But something to think about come Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Up next, your pick, Giants-Eagles. Giants, a 14-point dog, headed to the link. They're plus 610 on the money line, over-under set at 42.5. This is fucking ridiculous to me. I don't, I don't understand it. Hello? Oh, you might be muted, brother. My laptop said goodnight, but I'm here. Okay. All right. The (laughs) Giants. You're going to take the Giants? Plus 14. There's no reason that there should be a 14-point underdog with playoffs on the line. Yeah, I'm going to take Giants plus 14 as well. Uh, I think this is just totally silly. Like 90% of the money and the bets on the spread. uh, Or on the Giants, and I I just don't care. I mean, I think this is completely ridiculous. Uh, Giants are not a bad team. I'm taking Giants plus 14. Two touchdown buffer. Get the fuck out of here. Eagles could win by, by 10 points, win the game convincingly, and the Giants could still cover. So I'm with you. I'm taking Giants plus 14. Uh, up next, Rams, Seahawks. Rams currently six and a half point dogs against the Seahawks, plus 240 on the money line, over under set at 41 and a half. 
I am taking Seahawks minus six and a half. I think they cover the spread easily. I can see them winning by 10 points. Uh, I really, really like the Seahawks in this one. I agree. Um, And this is also a case of one team has something to play for. And one team season is chalked. So I'm going with the Seahawks minus six and a half. They do need to win. And then obviously they'll kind of be sitting there waiting for the uh, conclusion of the Lions Packers. But uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus six and a half. Beautiful. Uh, You're up next. We have the Chargers uh, three point uh, favorites going up against the Broncos minus 172 on the money line over under set at 40. This is another game like the Giants and Eagles where the money is all over the spread of one side. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with it anyways. I'm taking the Chargers minus three. I mean, the Broncos have nothing to play for, um, and the Chargers have been really hot. So I'm going with the Chargers minus three. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be a moron here. I'm actually going to move the spread up. I am going to take um, Chargers minus six and a half to get it to plus money. Uh, this burned me last week, but I'm going to do it again here. I will take Chargers minus six and a half because it gets you to plus 142. So I'm going to throw this with some other extended spread parlays. This used to be a really good strategy for me uh, back in the day when the NFL was a little bit more predictable. Last year, the year before, I could move lines and uh, get you know what would have been a plus 300 parlay all the way up to plus 1,000 or plus 900, and it typically turned out to, to go pretty well. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'll take the the 6.5 alt spread and say a prayer. I don't know what the deal is, who's playing, who's not playing, uh, but it should still be a decent game. <clears throat> Cardinals, Niners up next. Cardinals, 14-point dogs against the Niners, plus 640 on the money line. Over under set at 40 and a half. My pick. I will take the over. Uh, I think the Niners could easily score 30 points. I think it's very possible that the Cardinals score 10. So I will take the over 40 and a half here. I can see this game uh being a lot different than people are expecting i would take the cardinals plus 14 but i did this the last time they played against the niners and they got blown the fuck out so uh instead i'll just go with the over because i think it did hit last time in mexico city i am going to take the niners minus 13 and a half um i don't know who's playing quarterback for the cardinals this week maybe david blau again yeah i think so and I think the Niners win handedly. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners minus 13 and a half. Yeah. And then we have Dallas versus Washington. Dallas currently a five and a half point favorite uh, against the Commanders. They're minus 250 on the money line, over under set at 41 and a half. We do have um, what's his name? Uh, Heineke. He's coming back in. This was an easy pick for me. I'm curious to see how you feel. I think I'm going with over 41 and a half. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. I don't know why that line is that low. It doesn't make sense. The Cowboys score a lot of points. They also turn the ball over a lot. The Commanders, we know, uh, can be you know pretty electric, uh, especially when Heineke's there. He's got something to play for. I, I know that he wants to win, and... Every time he wins uh, as the starting QB, they got to pay him money. So I think there's definitely an incentive for them to score points to try and win this game. I think the over is literally like a play of the week, absolute lock nuclear. Uh, I I have no doubt in my mind that that over is going to hit. And then our last game of the week, Sunday, 8-16. This one for all the marbles, Detroit versus Packers. Detroit currently a four and a half point dog, plus one eighty eight on the money line. Over under set at forty nine and a half. Um it's your pick, I think. No, it's my pick, right? Oh yeah, because I just did the Cowboys. Okay. Um I am taking Packers minus four and a half. I think Rogers owns this division. He's shown me enough in the past three weeks to tell me that he's at least kind of back. I think they win this game easily. Uh, the Lions have to go home with their tail in between their legs. 
I'll take uh, Packers minus four and a half. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a game where if there's another high money line line that you like, you slam the Packers in there as well because there's no way that Aaron Rodgers goes home a loser to the Lions in a must-win game. Yep. So, yeah, I do like the Packers' money line if you're putting it in a parlay, and especially even if they get down early in like the first quarter. But uh, I'm going to go with the Packers minus three and a half. Um, that does give them the opportunity, you know, to win by four with the Lions field goal and them scoring a touchdown. But um, I don't know. I just that four and a half line looks weird to me. So I'm going to go with minus three and a half. I would prefer if I could go two and a half, but the odds weren't there for me for that. So I'm going to go three and a half. And I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both in the playoffs here. Okay, fair enough. Sounds good to me. Um, you guys will notice that there's no there's no line for Bills Bengals. I the NFL still doesn't know what they're doing uh, for for this and regarding the Hamlin situation. So if um, if they do reschedule a game or they choose to continue the Week 17 game this week, then we'll let you know. Um, we'll we'll change our picks, I'm sure, or at least like release a little thing with our picks. Um, so you know, stay posted. We'll we'll have something up if once we get further confirmation from the league. Uh, but that's all for week 18. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcast. Thanks again. Happy new year. And we'll see you next week.